Chapter 23 Well, I would have kicked myself if I put this journal in further disrepair. Through dumb luck, we made it to the mermaid territories, and by dumb luck, I didn't bring this with me. Mama, did you and Papa ever argue? And if so, how did you win? It's so frustrating trying to reason with people, mermaids most of all. I hope this is the last I speak of them. I just wished I knew how to show people how much this all means to me. I want to tear down that wall. Otherwise, I don't know how much longer our people can survive. But I can't help but be selfish. I knew that the school teachers were never going to tell me what happened and why. I'd like to think that you would join me in escaping so we could figure out the truth together. Ilse's entire body stiffened as she sat miles above the forest ground. In fear of being found, and in hopes of having some privacy, the four elves set up camp high in the tall trees, back in Beast Forest. How well do you even know this forest? Rashma asked. Every tree looks the same. It's maddening. We use that to our advantage, Deidre smiled. She sat patiently on her own piece of hide that was stretched tightly in all four directions. She swayed slightly as thick ropes each fastened extensively to a thick branch. The others had their bearings as well, while Ilse's belly hurt from keeping herself from swinging too far to either side. Reshma laughed. You must laugh at the travelers that walk in circles down below. Oh yes, Basim smiled. All the time. They give us plenty of opportunity to do so. Okay, Ilse said, her voice wavering. Now that we're all comfy cozy, do tell us what you intend for us to do. Or should I say, what Ladala intends for us. I think you were slightly mistaken about what we expected, and we apologize, Rowan began. It seems as though you were shaken up by what the Sea King had to say, or didn't say, about our hopes for an alliance. We should all be worried that they wish to stay out of this, as they don't fully understand what the Ilderims are capable of doing. But we had realistic expectations. Yes, we already had an idea of who is for and against the Ilderims, and it doesn't make them wicked, Deidre continued. We sent you to the Sea King because no one has been able to reach him in decades. But you did that with ease. We hoped he would change his mind, but we don't blame you for his decision. Your mission is just to find the toughest allies and give them a chance to join, Lisa Lot said, looking straight at Ilse. And right now, we have to focus on the next huge player that could help us unite the other cities. We need you to find Giselle. Giselle? Ilse asked. Is there a title with that, Queen? Empress? She is the Lady of the Woods, just like Ladala, Lisa Lot answered. Except she lives alone and she isn't an elf. We suspect she's a shapeshifter. So we're looking for a lady who lives alone in the woods, and she's a shapeshifter, so no one probably knows what she looks like, Rashma mused aloud. And she's going to help us in what way? She's fairly powerful, Lisa Lot said, just like the Sea King. She's very difficult to get a hold of. She shows herself when people really need her most, and, to be put bluntly, if Althard somehow finds her first, or if she is swayed on their side, there's nothing much we can do to defend ourselves. Wait, she's powerful enough to tip the scales like that? Ilse said incredulously. What exactly does she do? We don't really know, Deidre said. I know how it sounds. Ladala knows little about her, and yet she specifically requested that you seek her out. Ladala thinks she'd know how to find your family. She looked at Reshma as she finished. Reshma answered by looking up and saying, She's not just saying that, is she? 
If this Giselle is a shapeshifter, she can use that power to either find them or extract them, Rowan answered. If she likes you well enough, I'm sure she'd perform a favor. Reshma kept her legs crossed as she lay back and stared up at the rest of the branches above. She gave no clue in her expression if she had a strong opinion on the situation. So what do we do when or if we find Giselle? Will you find us and tell us what to do next? You'll have to find her and bring her back, Basim said. We're sure that the last time anyone thought they saw her, it was fairly close to the Pearl Mountains. When they received blank stares from the two young women, Rowan said, Our spies report that the kingdom in the valley is sympathetic to the Ilderim cause, so you don't want to get too close in case they're harboring a lot of soldiers. We're thinking more of your safety than Giselle's. The more people see you or hear about you, Lot warned, the more often you're going to run into the Ilderims. So just do whatever you can to get them off your trail. There is a small team of our stealthiest warriors that will do what they can to protect you while you're on your search. They were met with silence as Ilse closed her eyes and Reshma kept looking up. Their tree tents swayed and creaked as everyone suddenly sat and thought. Where will you go? Ilse asked softly. We'll be likely going the opposite way, Deidre smiled sadly. We'll be wherever Ladala needs us. Probably to defend smaller villages that the Ilderims are targeting for soldiers. You take down a soldier and they raise two more, Reshma murmured. Any advice on navigating the forest in one piece? Ilse asked. Rowan grinned as he fished something out of his belt pocket. Should I toss it over? Reshma held up her hands in anticipation and Rowan tossed a small item into her waiting hands. She turned the small thing around in her hands to examine it. The spindles point north, he explained. You can at least know which direction you're going in. It doesn't find a path, but it does what it can. Elf invented, huh? Reshma grinned. Don't worry, you'll catch up soon enough, Basim smiled. If your horse doesn't frighten too easily, we can probably rest up here for the night and then go our separate ways. You'll see. Look how far away our steed is, Reshma goaded. I refuse to look down, Reshma. Lay off already. The next morning, Ilse woke up to find that Reshma was already to her left, hugging the trunk of the tree and fidgeting with her tent. How did you manage that? Ilse asked. She rolled over to her side to get a better look. The other suspended pallets were gone, as were the elves that slept on them. As if I only managed things, Reshma rolled her eyes with a smile. Try to swing yourself towards me and don't look down and I'll pull you towards me. Still wondering how Reshma did the same on her own, she tried to ignore the creaking sound the branch above her made as she swung herself closer and closer to Reshma. She was only a few feet away, so it didn't take too long. Once Ilse could confirm that she had a full grip on the tree, she let go of Reshma and looked around and found a branch to stand on. Well, that was a big deal, Reshma teased as she let Ilse's pallet, ropes and all, tumble to the ground below. As long as you don't let me fall down like that, Ilse muttered to herself. It took a lot longer to descend than it had for the elves to take her up the tree and into her hanging pallet. Her legs and arms ached and her hands throbbed by the time both feet reached the ground. Reshma only beat her by a few moments and was soon feeding Dash and preparing them for travel. You know where to go, Reshma said, tossing the compass to Ilse. The Pearl Mountains are northeast from here, if I read Ladala's map right. I have no idea how long it will take us to get there, but I will be happy so long as we don't lose this thing. They soon came upon a dirt trail where a few people were in front and behind them with animals and carts. They seemed to know their way and many were men on their own or traveling with their sons, so Ilse assumed they were traders who had made and knew the path. The dirt, now mud, 
path wove through curtains of tall pine trees. The humid sun all but disappeared except for a few rare peaks through branches of pine needles. Wind blew through the branches, causing needles to lazily flutter to the ground below. I think someone is following us. Normally, I would be grateful for the paranoia, but we just barely found the trail, Reshma answered in a low tone. Let's just get through and keep our eyes open. Hopefully there are safe paths and people to travel with to the next village. The two kept to the road for once, trying not to give too many sideways glances at the other travelers. We need to find some water, Reshma said. We're already out. Ilse asked for directions to a nearby body of water, and then they took a deeper, muddier path that forked left of the road. No one followed after them, and they traveled down the path until they found a nice pond surrounded by patches of tall grass. Resma slid off Dash's back and led the horse to the water to drink. Ilse took this opportunity to wash the fish stench out of her shirt. She also rolled up her pants to wade in a bit and continued washing her arms and face, but couldn't erase the sickening feeling that someone could be following them. A large branch cracked, followed by absolute silence. She looked and saw nothing. She wrung the water out of her shirt and hastily put it back over her head and nervously stuck her arms through the sleeves. She sloshed out of the water and sat on the side of the pond, unrolling her pants and lacing her boots again. Ilse looked around and Reshma was patting Dash's nose in between his ears as he stood patiently. She looked to her laces to continue tying them and stood up when she finished. She looked up and about choked on her rising heart. Without any warning, a strange creature stood nose to nose with her. She was met with large, round eyes with slitted pupils belonging to a round, furry face. With smooth, slow movements, it slowly rose to its full height and maintained its intense stare. Ilse craned her head to see clearly and noted that the furry creature towered at two full feet above her. Ilse immediately flicked out a dagger and pointed it between its eyes defensively. With one eye squinted, her other eye saw a savage, yet elegant, sleek creature. The figure had the face, tail, and feet of a cat, but the hands, breasts, and curvy figure of a woman. The creature's figure was wrapped in a torn dress with one strap over her shoulder, revealing tense, toned arms. Along with being fully covered in light beige fur, she had a tangled mess of human-like hair swept to the side in a ponytail resting on her shoulder. The creature looked intently at Ilse, as though Ilse was the wild creature. She crouched closer to Ilse to continue staring with her round, green eyes. Ilse took a step back, her eyes darting back and forth, noticing more similar creatures hiding in nearby trees and bushes, hiding in the shadows, or daring to slink closer to the pond's bank to circle around Ilse. Ilse! Reshma cried from a distance. Dash whinnied and caught Ilse's attention. Her feet finally uprooted from her shocked stance, and she tried running towards Reshma and Dash. She didn't want to risk killing the creature and angering its friends or family. Her attempts at escape were futile. While the figure didn't move, the others surrounding them ran with silent speed to surround Ilse, and a few surrounded Reshma, baring their teeth, clawing the air, or holding spears. They came from behind the tall trees. Some jumped from higher branches and gracefully landed on the ground on their feet. Dozens more came about, and they all circled around Ilse. They began to push and prod her deeper into the forest. She turned to face the one that was nudging her, and noticed they were doing so with their upper arms or faces rather than their clawed hands. Where are you taking me? Ilse tried to ask. What do you want? They pushed in closer to her, providing no escape. She heard Reshma protest behind her, so she knew her friend was trailing behind. She heard excited voices mingled with the overpowering thundering and vibration of a pack of purring creatures. Just when Ilse thought she had seen the same distinct tree a few dozen times, she noticed that a few male-looking creatures were guiding Dash ahead of the pack. She worried for the horse, but also for all of their worldly possessions, which were strapped to him. 
They brought Reshma closer to her, and they exchanged looks. The creatures took her to a small village made up of crudely built huts. The huts were constructed everywhere. Some of them were scattered over the grounds, but many had been constructed high up in the trees with vines dangling from them. Those were the ones she could see easily. They took Ilse and later Reshma to the hut of a larger creature that resembled a fat, tabby cat. He was wearing a tunic that wasn't large enough to cover his bulky stomach. As soon as they entered, his ears perked up at the sight or possibly the smell of them. I see we have visitors, he purred. We do no harm, sir, Ilse said, surprised at his ability to speak. We are beasts, and hunting is what we do best, he purred again. My agents tell me that you were in our land. What were you doing? We barely strayed from the marked path for water, Reshma interjected. The band went into an uproar, many of them crying out for meat. The female creature that first approached the girl suddenly bore her long fangs and let out a bone-chilling roar that made everyone quiet. You know our vow not to eat humans, she growled. But they smell of fish, strongly of fish, one cried. Just because they smell of fish doesn't mean they are fish, she said again, and the creatures hissed again, but stayed still. Why exactly are they here, then? The tabby asked, looking at their defender and captor. They don't look interested in joining us. They're young, but they can help us, she answered. Saki. I brought them here for personal reasons, she interrupted. They will be under my care. The tabby looked away wearily and gestured with his paw that they were free to leave. The female grunted in satisfaction and motioned to those closest to Ilse and Reshma to pull them out of the hut. What are those personal reasons? Reshma was the first to ask. Do you know us? The female looked long and hard at her before saying, You are my decoys. These trees are littered with sky collars and they track you whenever you're in these trees. Sky collars? Ilse repeated. Surely you know them, the creature explained. They call the crackle from the clouds and kill the innocent with it. You Elderums. Everyone has their own name for them, the woman said, putting her large hands on her hips. As for my name, I'm Saki. I will be your guide and protector in these trees. I know you're traveling. I'll take you through the forest to wherever you plan to go. Of course, in exchange, you will help me lure the sky collars here to be slaughtered. Wow, to the point, Rushma murmured. You said this was personal, so what's your problem with the Ilderim? Where do I start? She said, gesturing to herself. Come, the beast teacher will explain all. Why not tell us yourself? Elsie asked. He is the keeper of our history, was all she said. He tells it better, 